It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It is Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio on a Saturday. I'm Jeff Parles, and we welcome back to the desk Alex White. Thank good morning. You. It's good to have you back. Good as morning. Al- as always, uh, we have a lot to get to. There are, to the dismay of our guy, Sean, there are 154 college basketball games today. 154. Now, I, I, it's the only reason I say to the dismay of our guy, Sean, is because you and I both hope he doesn't have action on all 154. <laughs> So hopefully for our guy, Sean, he's on maybe 54 of the 154 today, Alex. Talk to him a little bit before the show. So surprisingly, he really narrowed it down. I think he found his five favorites, which you and I thought we had a light slate with, I think, 17 to 21 between the possibilities. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he narrowed it down. Proud of him. And I feel like Vinny this morning because he always says no days off and. I'm coming off my two off days, but with this many games, I feel like I've been uh, crunching numbers for well, 48 hours. Well, yesterday might as well have been a day off in college hoops. There was eight games yesterday, yes. which again, just, why don't, we, why don't we put 20 of these yesterday, <laughs> 20 of these tomorrow, and it's still 114 by my math. That's, That's still plenty uh, to bet on. Yeah, we have a we have light, lighter leans, I should say, than we normally do in these gigantic Saturdays. Um, it is what it is. It just happened to happen that way. On college hoops. Before we get into all these college hoops games, I just want to quickly update on the NFL side of things. The big news yesterday is that Debo Samuel is going to play. That's the big news in the NFC game. We saw the number go to seven and a half behind us. The only seven and a half in the market is behind us here at the South Point. The rest is seven with juice on the favorite and most spots. Not much of a shock in that regard. On the AFC side, Joe Thune's not playing. That is a big deal. Behind us, it is four, but a total of 44 and a half. That one, I don't know what Caesars is doing. Caesars is still dishing three and a half uh, <laughs> when the whole market's at four, and there's even a four and a half in the market now. So I don't know. If you like like the Ravens, go check Caesars in your state. Just make sure uh, if they still have the three and a half, bounce, uh, pounce on it, I would say, because uh, that's the best number you're going to get on Baltimore by a wide margin uh, across the board in the NFL. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we will have our full breakdown. We'll have 90 minutes to get through both games. Vinny will be here. Matt Hamilton will be here. Alex and I will be here. We'll have all the NFL talk on tomorrow's show, uh, even though I will say both of us made one future bet. Yes. We both took a piece of Debo Samuel. Uh, at one shop is still offering 60-1 to 1 to win Super Bowl MVP. I can tell you right now, if the Niners win tomorrow, and they, of course, are favored to, that number ain't going to be 60 to 1 going in no. to the Super Bowl. I can tell you that, Alex. And you made a great point. If any of the other teams win, you're probably looking at the quarterback there, especially Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. But with the Niners, it could really be any of those key position players. And Debo Samuel is a huge part of that offense. Two weeks off to prepare after this game if they do win. So I really like the value there in that bet. I know our guy Sam Panianovich, who we had last week, uh, was uh, on local radio here in town uh, on on, uh, on Steve Cofield's program earlier in the week, was talking of Christian McCaffrey, uh, especially uh, where he had it two weeks ago, where he had double digits on Christian McCaffrey. That doesn't exist but uh, anymore. But, hey, you're right. The uh, the skill position players on the Niners, I think, can, both, can win more so than the skill position players elsewhere. 
unless if the Taylor, unless if the Swifties come in and actually get the vote for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> it's the only thing I can say on that. All right, let's get to these college hoops games. Let's start with one in the SEC, 601-602 on your card. Georgia, Mike White makes his return yet again to Florida, take on the team he used to coach, the Florida Gators, second time there as the head coach of Georgia. Alex, this has been more intriguing on the total than it has been on the side here, where last night I thought 160, where it opened at a lot of shops, opened 160 and a half behind us. I thought that was good. I thought that was a good over. The market then this morning ballooned to 163 across the board. The market has now come back. So we talk about all the time. It's 160 and a half behind us. Uh, it's 161 and a half in other spots. Um, we always talk about, and Chris has brought this up, Vinny has brought this up, you've brought this up, where some groups would come in, throw the head fake, get the number up, really want it under that bloated number, and this total has come back to 160 and a half. I, I would bet 160 and a half over. I, I think you're okay there. Now you're not. Now, yes, you don't get the best of it, which was 160, high scoring total. You could you could lose because of it, but I thought this was good to 161 and a half. So 160 and a half, we'll go over this one. I'm with you. I like that there. I think there's value. I I think even um I would have made it more like 165 here. Florida, very good offensively, 18th offense efficiency. And then I don't know how real this Georgia team is. Four and two in conference, but they haven't really beat anyone. I would say South Carolina and LSU, but only two losses, Tennessee and then the other South Carolina game there. But their defense is their strength, better defensively than offensively. So I lean to Florida here with the tempo and pushing this over that 160 and a half. Well, as we've talked about, and I brought this up on Thursday again with Kai McKeon, just tempo is so important when you're looking at these games more so than a offensive or defensive ability. Georgia, 87th in the country in tempo. So that's top top quarter in the country. Florida, top 20. So yes. this is the reason you get... A, a wild total like this. Florida's offense is really good, top 20. Georgia's offense is barely top 100. Their defense is barely top 50. But Florida's defense is also 82nd, which for a Power 5 team, pretty average, to put it politely there for the Gators. Uh, so we both like this over, especially if you can get the number behind us at 160.5, which is the best in the market right now. On the side, I have nothing. You have nothing on the side, right? No, yeah. lean Florida here at home, but I would like it at a eh, minus 6. So yeah, so nothing on our on our sides. Just uh, look at the total in that one. Let's go to College Park, Maryland next. The Terps welcome in the Cornhuskers. What a win for Maryland in the middle of the week, down six late in the second half. They find a way to steal that game in Iowa City against the Hawkeyes. Really nice win on the road for a team that has really been awful away from home, and now they return home. Uh, to Xfinity, and now they take on a Nebraska team that is, to me, well on their way to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Fred Hoiberg entered the year on the hot seat. He's not on the hot seat if they're going to win 22 games, which they're on pace to win right now. Uh, this is, as we've talked about, in the Big Ten, home road splits have been pretty jarring, and this yes. has happened in a lot of these power leagues this year. We talked about even just looking at Thursday, where Arizona is an 18.5-point favorite, goes to Corvallis and loses outright to arguably the worst team in the Pac-12. Um, <laughs> Nebraska's home road splits have been bad. But here's the one caveat with this. 
I think this is a brutal spot for Maryland where you're coming off of finally winning on the road. Yes, you return home. Yes, you play a team that has struggled away from their building where they have been awesome at Pinnacle Bank Arena, the Huskers have. But I, I tell, take the points at five and a half. I, I really was hoping we would get to six. It's not coming. Five and a half, I think, is the peak. I like the Huskers getting the points on the road at Maryland. I do too, very much so. Especially Maryland better at home, but they haven't been profitable. They're four and seven against the spread, and they've had a relatively easy home schedule. So I like the points here with Nebraska in this spot. Maryland coming off that big win. And Maryland, again, they're... They're on the wrong side of the bubble, to put it politely, at the moment. They, at least they're giving themselves an opportunity with that win against Iowa, uh, a team that you know, they wanted Illinois, wanted Iowa. Uh, a very strange uh, for, for uh, Maryland this year. Of course, they got destroyed by Purdue in their biggest home game of the year so far. 12-8 and eight for Kevin Willard in year two there in College Park. Let's keep it rolling. These games starting at the top of the hour. Uh <laughs> The other game, one game that we don't have anything on, uh, just to throw it out there, so you know, Northeastern, nine-point favorites against William & Mary. Uh, nothing for us in the CAA on that. But we get to number one in the country now with Houston taking on Kansas State. You know, this is one of those, you have a low total and you have a gigantic line for a Power 5 game. Houston's 15-point favorites at home at the Fertitta Center today against K-State. 129 is the total. So... Houston is number one in the polls. They're number one in Ken Palm. I, I don't have them number one in my ratings. I have them fourth. Uh, but they're still the quality of a one seed. We know they play great defense. My concern with them, and part of the reason I have them lower than others, is the fact that their offense, even though they're top 15 in the country, will go into big-time droughts against big opponents. Kansas State's been a nice story so far in conference play. It's a lot of points, Alex. I don't know if I can get there. I wouldn't lay it, but I am concerned about Kansas State's offense in this game uh, where they have struggled against worse defenses this year. I'm concerned about their ability to score. In this I game. completely agree. 15, it's a big number, so I'm not going to lay it either. But, I mean, Kansas State, we've seen them kind of go up and down. They have been shooting better 47% from the field in their last five, but they're really bad at rebounding here and I think against this Houston defense they're going to struggle to put points on the board yeah just uh, this is the almost famous list for me today on this game just your 15 points is a ton in a big 12 game when it's not well look if it was Oklahoma State there I wouldn't want to take it because Oklahoma State has struggled on both sides of the basketball yeah. this year Kansas State's been great on defense uh, they, they have not missed a beat defensively uh, from that elite eight team a year ago I just like we said, barely a top 100 offense this year, and that is a problem going against that long, lengthy team. And you mentioned it. Houston's the best offensive rebounding team in the country, and Kansas State struggles to rebound. That's not a good mix no. uh, in, in that one. All right, I, I want to talk about this one quickly. It's an ACC game that's not, an, not a fun game to watch, I can say, <laughs> at the very least. Uh, Virginia on the road at the Yum taking on Louisville. I'll just ask you this. Virginia's won three in a row. Louisville has had, again, they're still not any good, but they've been at least at times a little bit better. Not so much the last three games, but they had to win in Miami. They played NC State pretty tough at home. I, all I'll ask you here, Alex, is 
I know Louisville's bad, but should Virginia be this big of a favorite, eight and a half, against anyone in conference play? It's on t- the road, especially. It's a tough question, especially on the road. But I do lean to Virginia here. I think they can cover this seven. I also, of course, like the under, even though it is very low at 129 and a half. But we know how Virginia plays um, ninth def- defense efficiency as well. And so I think we can keep this under that total. And, oh, it is eight and a half now. See, I got to start checking where they move. I like the seven. So now at eight and a half. Wouldn't do it at eight and a half. Yeah, that's that's a little bit too much on the road. But I still like that under, under 129 and a half. (laughs) Ugly basketball game. (laughs) Uh, The only only concern I have, and again, it's Virginia, so it's hard to go over in any of their games. Louisville's defense is horrible. Uh, They really are horrible on on defense. Uh, Really, they're not any good on either side of the ball, but they're really, they're really especially bad on defense. All right, let's go to this one. Uh, Boston College on the road in South Bend to take on Notre Dame. Uh, this is an interesting one where, I, again, I'm not certain. I know Notre Dame is not particularly good, put it politely. I'm not sure Boston College should be a road favorite in conference except at Louisville. That's where I come down on this game. I didn't touch it because I don't trust Notre Dame enough to, again, I think I would just pop the money line if I were to take Notre Dame here, take that plus 125. Uh, but I just can't quite get there here, Alex. Uh, on Notre Dame and for Boston College, I mean, Ken Palm projects them to win this game. They have actually been okay in conference play away from home. Uh, they had the win at Georgia Tech. They were very competitive in a game that they arguably could have won earlier in the week against Virginia Tech. Uh, I just can't get there either side here. So theme of today, which isn't great, but I do like a lot of road favorites and oh. especially the the smaller numbers here. I like Boston College minus two and a half here. They're ninth, I mean, 90th overall in Kempom, 58 offensively, 154 defensively. Notre Dame, you mentioned it. They're they're really not good. 163rd, 313th offense efficiency. So I think Boston College is about a nine and a half point better team than Notre Dame. So I'm okay with the two and a half, even though it is on the road. Two and a half. At Joyce in South Bend, Boston College, favorite in that one. All right. The return for Ed Cooley to Providence today. Uh, the Friar Nation has been waiting ever since he bolted for Georgetown. Uh, Providence coming off of a, a really nice win on the road against Seton Hall earlier in the week to kind of destabilize the ship that had been uh, wavering after the injury to Bryce Hopkins. Now they welcome in Georgetown as the second worst team in the Big East. Providence is 10. The total's 144 and a half. I really did look at betting Providence in the first half. Okay. Because this this crowd is going to be off its rocker today. Now, it works one of two ways. Either the team comes out and shows up in a big way, and Providence is up 15 at halftime, and this is not a sweat. Or they come out, I don't want to say overly tense, but that's the, I can't really think of a better phrase than that. And it's not quite a sluggish start, but it's a frenetic start to the game. So could work one way or the other on that one. I'm not really interested in laying a full game 10. This has actually come down from the overnights. It was 10 and a half in the overnights. Uh, I would only look to a Providence first half bet here, Alex, in this one uh, there at the old dunk. 
I actually like that angle a lot because Providence is the better team. They also shoot better at home. They defend better at home. So I thought that was the right side, but 10 was too big of a number. So I like that angle with them in the first half. I do think they'll come out and be ready to go making their shots on fire. So I like that angle a lot, Jeff, first half. We'll see how it plays out again. I don't really like this Providence team, especially without Hopkins. They're, they're just not the same team without him, uh, even with that good win against Seton Hall earlier in the week. All right, moving along. Speaking of Seton Hall, let's go there next. They go to Milwaukee to take on Marquette. Uh, back-to-back losses for the Hall. Uh, of course, they had that triple overtime heartbreaker against Creighton last weekend, and then the midweek loss to Providence there. I, I think the Pirates are on the right side of the bubble, but you're starting to play with a little bit of fire now if you're Seton Hall. Uh, they do the Midwest double here with they get Marquette and then they get DePaul, who we know is dreadful uh, <laughs> in the middle of the week. I At 10, I think this is a take on Seton Hall. I know it's not the greatest of spots. Uh, can have the snowball effect here, but there's a lot of points to be taken with a good team, uh, uh, even though it's on the road in a, in a difficult environment to play at Fiserv. I would only take the points with the Hall here. So the only thing that kept me away from that is this homer bench. Marquette lost to Seton Hall. In New Jersey, yep. 78-75. So I think they're going to be ready for this one. And they are a much better team than Seton Hall. I'd say about eight points better. Now you get them at home. But 10's a lot to lay. So I just stayed away from this one. Seton Hall, 10-point dogs at Marquette. Mizzou in South Carolina, the Battle of the Columbias. South Carolina went to Mizzou, won in overtime a few weeks ago. We saw South Carolina earlier in the week demolish Kentucky. And the Gamecocks are six. South Carolina, legitimate NCAA tournament team in year two with Lamont Paris. What a turnaround for what that program was other than that fluky Final Four appearance uh, almost seven years ago with Sindarius Thornwell and company. I, this is tough. This number feels bloated. Yes. But I don't trust Mizzou away from Columbia Mo. So I, this is a stale. I wish this was... If we, if we had... South Carolina either winning a close game or losing to Kentucky. I think this is closer to four. I think we got two points popped because of what happened earlier in the week with South Carolina demolishing UK. I agree, and I, I bought into it. I took the points here with Mizzou. I think they're better than their record shows, especially their conference record. Haven't won a game yet, Jeff, so you can speak to that a little bit more. Um, in South Carolina, we'll find out how real they are, right? They might come back down to earth a little bit after that big win. So I think six points is a lot here with a team that's much better in the SEC than they have proven so far. Well, if Mizzou doesn't get that first conference win this upcoming week with Arkansas and Vanderbilt coming up, it could be a be a much longer year than anyone expected there in uh, in Como. Just not transition year after the overachieving first year for Dennis Gates with an NCAA tournament appearance and a win a year ago in the NCAA tournament. All right, let's go to the big one in the middle of the morning, and this is in Ames. Iowa State welcomes Kansas in a huge game at Hilton, four and a half now. So it's very rare you see Kansas this big of an underdog, ever, period. doesn't matter what how good the team they're playing is. You just don't see this type of number. This, this number indicates to me a few things. We know one for one, Hilton Coliseum is a gigantic home court advantage. Yes. It's not quite the fog, because I think the fog is the best home court in college hoops. 
but it's a top five to top 10 home court there in Ames. Kansas, to me, with watching them, they're, they have as good of a top four as anyone in the entire country. When you, uh, we have Harris, McCuller, Adams, and Dickinson. Uh, Johnny Furphy's played a little bit better, still trying to find himself. But after you get past that starting five, they have, a, they have no depth this year. And on the road, there's always a concern of a bad whistle, as you know. And Iowa State is great at home. They already beat Houston in, in that building this year. I can't quite get there laying it at four and a half on Iowa State. But there are a lot of people betting Kansas plus the points. I don't see that at all. This would be a stay off at this number for me. I, if, if you get a slow start from Iowa State, I'd come in on a lesser number in game. I think the, Hawk, the uh, Cyclones are winning this game outright. It's just a matter of how much they win this game by. Completely agree. Um, stay off for me. I think the number is just right. I like that in-game idea you have there. Kansas, 6-3 and three on the road, straight up, but they're just 3-5-1 and one ATS. And then Iowa State, I mean, they've been making you a lot of money if you've been betting them at home. 11-1 and one against the spread at home this year. Great team, great defense. I saw them at 50-1 to one still, Jeff, to win it all, which I know... I don't know how deep they can really make a run, but it might be a good value to have a ticket. And don't you think, because I checked other places, that was definitely the best one. Don't you think it'll drop if they beat Kansas? Here? Yes, that, that, the last part I agree with. I don't think, I don't trust them enough. I don't think they have enough offense to get through. They, they're great on defense. Yep. But I don't think Iowa State, well, again, look, it's the NCAA tournament. Anything's possible, <laughs> especially in a year with, when this, when, when, the, the range is flattened between top and bottom of teams being in the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, I, I don't know, 50 to one. Sure. I, I, I there are worse 50 to one tickets to have. Uh, I just, I just don't think their offense is good enough to win six straight games, but how far knows? did they make it last year? How did they do last year? Yeah. They were, uh, Iowa state last year. Didn't they, they, uh, they had that horrible offensive game against Pitt. So they lost in a round of 64 right away. That was they had 41 points in that game. That's right. Yeah, that was, that was not yeah, was. good. Uh, the, uh, the, the two years ago was the one where they made the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed when they weren't any good. Um, so, hey, look, Otzelberger can coach. It would have been, been nice for UNLV's program <laughs> if he was able to hang around longer. But, hey, uh, with the, uh, he, was that in that Iowa State program in the past once I come yes. calling? There's no, no shock that, uh, that uh, he left uh, for there. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, Sports by the Book is a show if you're watching us. On the South Point Studio stream, bang that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit that like button uh, for the show today. Uh, let's uh, keep it going here as we go next. Uh, where are we on the we, we get to go down. Oh, qu real quick here. I uh, just want to throw this out there. Uh, Ivy League today. I'm on a few dogs. I'm on Columbia plus the two against Penn in uh, in New York in New York City. Uh, Columbia has played much better at home. They Still haven't shown the uh, the fruits of their work so far in conference play, but they're going to win their first conference game today. I like Columbia plus the two, and this is uh this is one where I'm okay with going with the market here on this Cornell Princeton game, where Princeton has historically struggled in that building uh, against Cornell. This is going to be uh, this is another. I love this Ivy League one sixty two total. You, you never saw that in the past, but these offenses are awesome. Uh, Princeton's a top 20. They're 21st in offensive efficiency in Big Bomb, and Cornell's top 50. 
And Cornell's defense stinks. So I don't mind this total over even at 162. But I like more so in this game. The market bet this down from three to two and a half. Forget the points. I'll take Cornell out, right? This has just been a house of horrors for Princeton through the years. And with a Cornell team that, I don't want to say this is the best Cornell team since that Sweet 16 team over a decade ago, but this is the best offensive team they've had since then. Uh, with Steve Donahue coaching that team that made it to the Sweet 16 back in the mid-2000s. I, 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 like, I like Cornell. I think they're going to be able to score at Princeton. And like I've said, that has been a, always been a tough road trip for the Tigers for whatever reason. I like it. I'm going to have to add that to the list. I wonder if Sean is thinking that too back there with that uh, money Sean, line plus 125. Sean's going to bet Princeton now. I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's going to end up uh, being the case. Also, I, uh, God, goodness. See, I, I guess I'm only like, I guess I'm the Ivy League guy today. I like Harvard plus the points against Yale also. So uh, th- three underdogs for me and Ivy play Columbia. You can take them on the money line. Cornell, if you want to take the point, sure. I like money line there. Plus six on yeah on uh, on Harvard against Yale uh, in that gigantic rivalry. That game is in Cambridge today, so it's a Harvard home game uh, for that one. All right, let's go to the Big Twelve after our detour to uh, the uh, the folks that are a lot smarter than I am. Uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Alex, I'm I'm a little bit curious by how the market has played this one, where Texas Tech is technically in first place in the Big Twelve right now, which uh, who had that at the beginning? Them and the Houston are tied. For the conference lead uh, right now at, uh, at, well, actually, Texas Tech half game better at 4-1. and one. Houston's 4-2. and two. Uh, After today, I expect Houston to be in first place in the league by themselves. I'm a little surprised the market is bet Texas Tech here. This kind of feels like a good spot for Oklahoma where for Texas Tech, they're coming. They haven't played in a week. The last time we saw them, they had that wild comeback against BYU where they were double, down double digits in halftime, came back and won by seven and covered all numbers pretty comfortably in that game. <laughs> OU lost at home to Texas earlier in the week. And this is a game at home. You can't be dropping home games in the Big 12. Down from four to three and a half, I'm cool with laying the three in the hook with the Sooners here in this one. I just don't think this is the best of spots for Texas Tech, and it's pretty premium bounce back for, for Oklahoma. I completely agree. I think Oklahoma is... As good of a team as Texas Tech, and time will tell. We'll see how real this Texas Tech team is. But Oklahoma ranked 21st in defense efficiency. Seventh in the Big 12. That's not great, but great bounce back spot coming off that home loss to Texas. So I like the Sooners in this one. West Virginia, Oklahoma State up next. The two worst teams in the Big 12. Just a question of here, Alex. They're four and a half point favorites. The Pokes at home looking for the first conference win West Virginia's home road splits pretty darn bad <laughs> so far in conference play. Of course, upset over Texas, upset over Kansas in WVU Coliseum, have not won away from Morgantown. Tough road trip as well. I, It's not a good spot for West Virginia, but I can't get there on laying this many points uh, with, uh, with OSU at home, four and a half here. Yeah, I'm with you. No play for me on this one. I do think that Oklahoma State is the better team with them at home here, but not by much. So I'm not very confident in laying that with the Cowboys. Let's go. Let's go next to North Carolina and Florida State. Uh, quite the turnaround mid-year for Florida State, where I thought they were mediocre at best. They're six and two in ACC play. A uh, really nice turnaround after 
a pretty rough non-con where, yeah, they had a win over Colorado, but lost to Florida big, lost to Georgia, lost to South Florida on a neutral big, lost to SMU, lost at home to Lipscomb. Like just a lot of mediocrity mixed in there for Florida State, but to their credit, they're 6-2 and two in conference with their only losses being to Clemson and this North Carolina team earlier in the year in Chapel Hill. Uh, UNC in this one is a six-point road favorite in Tallahassee. Total 153, 153 and a half out there as well. What are you doing here, Alex? Nothing for me here. So this is a home, I mean, road favorite that I was looking at as well. I've been riding North Carolina. They've been very good against the spread, even on the road this year. But you're right. Florida State's been impressive in conference. And so I just decided to stay away here from this one. Let's hit one more before we take a quick break. And it's always a good one to hit with me on the desk. <laughs> BYU at home hosting Texas. It is a lot of points. Seven and a half. Cougars laying it against the Horns. Total 149 and a half. So it's a pretty brutal spot for Texas. I acknowledge that. They just beat Oklahoma. Big rivalry game, as we know. Now they go on the road to elevation against the team that I don't want to say that BYU's got to get, got to have this game. But they're two and four in conference. They have lost multiple home games already where, all right, you lose to Houston earlier in the week. There's nothing wrong with that. Houston's arguably one of the three best teams in the country. But the home loss to Cincinnati is not a good loss. The Baylor game, all right, whatever. That's a pass. Baylor's really good road game, tough spot. But this back-to-back losing streak where they, the way they lost to Texas Tech was alarming. Losing a home game, even though it was against a great opponent, still not what you want if you're BYU. This feels like too many points, even though I think it's a good time to fade Texas. I'm going to end up staying off. Texas was on my list initially, but I'm going to stay out of this. It's just, it's just it's such a tough spot for Texas, even though I feel like I'm getting two points too many. If we were getting eight, would you take Texas? I would probably do it. Probably just bite the bullet and go from there. I think that is enough there, too. I I think BYU about six here would be okay, but now that it's up to seven and a half, I would look more at Texas here. I also like the over, and I know the market's going in the opposite direction as me. It opened 150 and a half, but I mean, two really good offenses here. BYU 11th in the country and Texas 30th. So I, I would look to that over as well at 149 and a half. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we are not even through the morning games here on the West Coast so far. Not even thrilled. We go to the ACC uh, with a not the most intriguing matchup, but we get to talk about Illinois in a little bit. The Illini coming off a loss at Northwestern. They're big favorites today in conference against Indiana. We'll, a- we'll ask Alex if she likes them to bounce back, even at a huge number. When we get back, Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or, if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day. Plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, You can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. 
If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. I'm Jeff Files, Alex White alongside... Our guy, Vinny Maliola, will be with us in about 40 minutes from now. We'll get the update on the NFL lines again. Niners, seven and a half behind us. Chiefs, four-point underdogs against Baltimore. Uh, very rare to say that at this time. Again, Patrick Mahomes in the, S in the AFC title game. Every single year, he's been the starter in Kansas City for a franchise that had one Super Bowl appearance yep. before he came around. And now we look at them in the same, somewhat in the same vein as the Patriots. For all those years. And hey, hey, look, same sort of deal. New England was a miserable franchise before Brady came around. Chiefs were a, a franchise that was just agonizing to be a fan of all those years. <laughs> uh, totally different ballgame. It just shows how one guy can change the course, especially of an NFL team. All right, let's go back to college hoops, though. We have so many games, 154 of them. We're going through as many as we can here uh, in, in the show today. Pittsburgh and Miami. The only reason I'm bringing this up in this spot, uh, and I just want to recheck my notes real quick. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> Pitt didn't make Pitt didn't make my list initially here, but as we get closer to game time here, this is an eleven fifteen Pacific two fifteen local in Coral Gables today. I actually like Pitt a little bit in this game, getting the points. Um, it is a tough spot because it's their third consecutive road game. But I thought the spot, a great spot to go against them was the last game out against Georgia Tech, coming off that gigantic upset of Duke. And they handled it, they handled it well. Yes, Won the game did. by eight. They were down by six in the second half. Blasted Georgia Tech the last 10 minutes of the game. Uh, this Miami team is one of the more disappointing teams in the country to me. I, I know that they didn't have all the pieces back from a Final Four team a year ago, but they have more than enough in order to be a, a clear NCAA tournament team. They are not even close to that right now. They are they are on the outside looking in. Uh, I like Pitt plus the points. I wouldn't be shocked that Pitt wins this game outright, even with it being a really difficult spot for them with the third straight road game. Honestly, I'm still okay with Pitt plus four, even though the overnight last night was five, five and a half. You could have grabbed, but I'm with you and almost a fade of Miami here, but I like this Pittsburgh team. They proved themselves over and over. I think they're the much better team in this one. Mm -hmm. So even though they're on the road, I mean, Miami's just two and four in their last six with wins over Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. So I already told you how I felt about Notre Dame as well. So I'm going with Pittsburgh here. 
Let's uh, go to uh, Champaign, Illinois next. IU at U of I here. Indiana, Illinois. I, this Hoosier team has been a big disappointment, as we know. Uh, four, they are 4-4 four and four in conference play, so it's, they have been totally dreadful. They just have not looked the part of what you would expect out of an Indiana program. Uh, Illinois is coming off of an overtime loss where that game at Northwestern, the first 40 minutes were as good of a 40 minutes as I've seen, period, in the country for a game other than maybe that FAU-Arizona game. Um, and then Illinois really got dominated in that overtime period. Northwestern got up double digits the only time all game that anyone was up more than five. Uh, so Northwestern continues to win games at home. Uh, I think the metrics are off on Northwestern. We'll get to them later okay. in the show. Uh, but Illinois is up to 15 here, Alex. It's dog or nothing for me at that bloated number. Now that we're at 15, that is a huge number in this case. I completely agree. I did take Indiana here plus the 15. I think it's more of a play on the number because I do think Illinois is a very good team. They will have a bounce back here, but I think Indiana can keep it close and cover that big number. It is a lot of points for a conference game where it's not a total mismatch. Uh, like if this was... I, I would get it if this was a, even Penn State with it being this much. And I actually don't mind the Nittany Lions, who are right now the lowest-rated team in the Big Ten at 107. But this is a lot of points to be taken with an Indiana team that still has talent, dealt with injuries, and a lot of other things off the court uh, so far this year. All right, let's go next uh, to Villanova and Butler. Uh, the Cats at the Bulldogs. I, you know, Villanova is just a disappointment. I think that's the only way to put it on the Wildcats where couldn't beat any of the Philadelphia teams. They, of course, have losses on the docket to Penn, St. Joe's, and Drexel. Programs they should not be losing to, even though, again, St. Joe's is pretty good. They have a road loss at Kansas State. Of course, they have the win over North Carolina, which makes no sense in <laughs> retrospect. Uh, they, won, they went through those games and won those games in the Bahamas. Uh, but they've lost four or five in conference play after a 3-0 and start. Uh, now they go to Hinkle Fieldhouse. Alex, I, it's just pick overnight. It's now Butler one and a half. I don't mind laying a short money line price with the Bulldogs here at $1.25. See, and I probably should have just taken money line if I think Nova's the better team. But I did take the one and a half with Villanova. I know they've been disappointing, but I think they're still the better team than Butler. Butler won two easy games against DePaul and Georgetown, but other than that, haven't done much lately. Lost to Seton Hall and Xavier, so I'm taking this more to, as a spot for Nova to get right. Um, took the one and a half as a little cushion, but I do think they could win this game. Villanova, again, on the wrong side of the bubble. Uh, for the Cats, at least, the big problem they have is that they've already played their DePaul game. <laughs> so the two good, two easy wins have already come off the schedule. They do play Georgetown twice, but I don't know, especially later in the year. The game in D.C. I don't think is a gimme for Villanova by any stretch uh, later in the year. Uh, quick updates real quick on the games going on. We will give you in-game numbers as they come in here uh, today. A 12-5 start for Florida early. So 17 points at the first media timeout. You take that if you, you bet the over. Uh, Nebraska and Maryland tied at the first media time. Or excuse me, uh, number was wrong there. 9-2 Nebraska at the first media timeout. So a good start for the Huskers in that one. And then uh, Notre Dame a 5-2 lead early against Boston College. All right, let's keep it rolling. Uh, up next, we go to Auburn and Mississippi State. 
Auburn coming off their first conference loss with a loss earlier in the week in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. Two and a half point favorites today against Mississippi State behind us. There's some three in the market as well. 145 and a half. What are we doing here, Alex? I laid the points with Auburn. It's it's a great spot coming off that loss against Alabama. They're the fifth best defense in the country, 10th best offense efficiency. So I like this Auburn team. I don't think that loss is telling at all. Alabama's a very good team, but I do think they'll come out a little bit angry here in this one. I'm surprised, Jeff, and maybe you can fill me in on this. I know Mississippi State's defense is good and that's their strength, but I think two and a half is even short here for this Auburn team. I, I think they're a lot better than this Mississippi State. So this was one that kind of, I looked at it overnight. I'm like, wait a second, this number feels off. So I'm not going to bother here. Um, I just wonder with the way that Auburn lost that game against Alabama, they had their opportunities, just couldn't quite get over the hump on that one. I don't like this Mississippi State team. I think we've talked about this a little bit, where they are really good on defense, but their offense is not where it needs to be. And again, look, they could get there by the end of the year, but once we've gotten into conference play, other than that win against Tennessee, which was a great win, Went on the road to Columbia, South Carolina, lost the Gamecocks. We didn't know how good the Gamecocks were at that point. They lose to Alabama. They lose to Kentucky. They lose to Florida. I haven't mentioned a team that you could argue is either worse, that is worse than them. All those teams are better than them. Other than that Tennessee game, they've struggled to play up. Uh, and we saw that in non-con other than the wins against Wazoo and Northwestern. Um, so I, I'm just curious on this. Where how, how does this Mississippi State team look uh, against a, a team? Again, not a great spot for Auburn. Yeah, it's the bounce back. But again, that's a lot of energy going into that game yeah. in a big rivalry game against Alabama. All right, let's keep it rolling. Let's go to Utah State and Boise State, your favorite conference. Let's go to the Mountain West. <laughs> um, Utah State, two and a half point dogs at the bell here today against Boise. This was a really interesting one for me to look at, Alex, where I thought I thought this number should have come larger. I thought this probably should have come closer yeah. to four. But I'm a little bit hesitant where you look at the way the Mountain West has gone of late, where Utah State's at the top of the conference. They got beat up pretty good in, in the pit last week. But it kind of feels like now we're now in this race to get that number one seed here in Las Vegas, which I think is going to mean a whole big deal. Make your path to the NCAA tournament a little easier. I, I can't get there on Boise. It, 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 the numbers say bet it, but I just think Utah State is a more talented team than my numbers are indicating at this point. I'm completely with you. I thought it would be about four, but... I was not racing to my app to bet that minus two and a half. I do think Utah State is the better team. And now Boise State, yes, they've been so dominant at home, but now UNLV kind of uh, broke that record and beat them there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Utah State came in and did the same thing. What Before we get to this next game, also in the Mountain West, I'm just, just curious on your thoughts on this league because – Joe already had five teams in from the league with, with Nevada just on the outside looking in, um, which would be more than both the ACC and the Pac-12 right now, which is kind of amazing. Uh, but it, it, this league, to me, where San Diego State is legit. New, New Mexico looks like last year was, they, they learned from last year where they 
had the great non-con and then imploded in conference play. I'm just curious with the way that this league is power rated though, Alex, and, and from your perspective, are these teams still power rated correctly to you with the way this league has played out so far? I think so. Okay. You you don't think they're power rated high enough? No, now? I, I I think they're power rated just fine. I'm just curious where you have a league where, and this can happen from time to time with the non-power leagues where sometimes yeah. the numbers are a little bit lower on these leagues that are not supposed to be as good as what this Mountain West has ended up being. Now, granted, I'm not sure if that indicates tournament success. Right. I know we San know Diego that. State made the Final Four, made the national championship game last year. Uh, but we have seen in the past that it's still that 2013 year where the Mountain West uh, had so many teams in the dance and Colorado State was the only one who ended up winning a game uh, in that tournament. I will say, I think San Diego State from their run last year, I think that kind of set these teams a little bit higher this okay. year and how their power ratings are. Because I do, I think they're high enough and I think they're they're there with the market and with the other power conferences. Let's, uh, let's go to uh, Colorado State on the road and Laramie. One of the few teams that actually probably won't be bothered by the elevation uh, going from Fort Collins uh, up to the highest uh, point of any college in uh, for D1. Seven and a half. Actually, the market has bet the Cowboys in this game from eight to seven and a half. Total 148. I, I would say this, Alex. This Colorado State team does not look the same since going into Mountain West play as they were in non-con. Obviously, they had that gigantic win against Creighton. Uh, they they beat Washington on a neutral. They opened with the win against New Mexico, but they've been banned on the road in conference play. All of their road games, they played three road games at Utah. Now, granted, three really good teams. Loss of Utah State, loss of Boise, loss of Nevada. Kind of have to win one of these road games, even though it's against one of the bottom half teams of the league. Uh, with that said, I, I, I still think I would take the points with the Cowboys here getting seven and a half. I'm not quite there with taking the points of the Cowboys, but it was enough to keep me off of this because I, I definitely had a lean towards the Rams here, but that seven and a half was too much. But you're right. I mean, you said it perfectly. They need to win on the road here anytime now. So I think Colorado State is by far the better team, probably about 12 points better than Wyoming. So it would only be a play for me with the favorite here, but a pass on the road. Let's go to TCU Baylor next. Really good game in the Big 12. Honestly, that's an evergreen statement uh, for those teams. Baylor's four and a half at home in Waco against TCU. I actually like the Bears. I, I don't love laying favorites in the, in the Big 12 this year just because of how tightly knit all these teams are. Uh, but the one concern that I have in this game on the TCU side of things and I know this may sound weird for a team that is actually the better defensive team in this game. I am concerned about TCU's defense going on the road against Baylor, where it's kind of been a flip for Scott Drew, where the, his teams were usually, yes, they were good on offense, but they were unbelievably great metrically defensively. That's not been the case since they won that title in the 2020-2021 in the, uh, season, where they've just been, they've been bazookas on offense but have just been your middle-of-the-road Power 5 defense, Power 5 plus 6. But I think it's a good spot for Baylor. Two straight losses, both on the road. You return home, only laying four and a half against a TCU team that has had problems at times this year playing up the competition. Uh, I, I like the Bears. We'll lay the four and a half with Scott Drew and company. I do, too. I did lay the four and a half here with Baylor. You kind of just said everything 
bounce back spot losing two in a row. I think it's a great spot for them. I do have a question for you. And Please. This is kind of like BYU with their metrics on Kempom, but it was very interesting to me because Baylor, six offense efficiency uh-huh. overall in the nation. Yeah. When you click on the conference, they're also six offense efficiency in their conference here in the Big 12. So that was a little eye-opening to me. I kind of uh, wanted so, your take. So, so that's, I mean, look, it's a five-game sample size as opposed to the uh, the rest of the year. And look, they've drilled some of these teams metrically. Like, you know, that I don't want to say game the system, but it kind of have where you drill your high-end team, you drill your lower-end teams on your schedule. Right. You're great on offense. Um, you can you can mix your numbers a little bit pretty well there. Uh, with that said, just looking at the games they have played in conference play so far, BYU they they had eighty one points at sixty eight possessions. You take those numbers every single time. Uh, the rest of these games, it's seventy three and fifty nine possessions. That's a really good offensive performance. That last Saturday against Texas, Texas just shot the lights out yep. in that game and beat them. Uh, Look, it can happen, especially in a small sample size. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna, not gonna say that their offense is not as good as we think because they're. And also, look at the conference. Playing. That's right. They're playing in the best conference in the country to me. So, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into it. Now, talk to me in six weeks. Talk to me in a month. And if they're still in the middle of the conference on offense when they're that high for the whole year, then it's yes, it's skewed towards their non-con numbers. But if those conference numbers stay the same, they're they're not going to be sixth in offense yeah. in six weeks. All right, let's uh, let's move to Clemson and Duke. Duke's eight at home at Cameron, one forty-eight and a half. Alex, uh, won't you potentially look to do it in this game? See, I like the points here with Clemson. Um, second ranked offense in ACC, thirteenth overall. Duke number one in conference, uh, ninth overall. So, of course, they are the better team here. A little bit of a bounce back, but I just think it's too many points. More of a play on the number here. Duke is 0-5 against the spread in their last five. So, I think uh, Clemson can keep it close enough to cover this. Do you have a play? I, I, lean, I lean Duke overnight, <laughs> but I, I, I was kind of stunned that it kind of came out that way with Duke. That big of a favorite. Again, the Blue Devils, Blue Devils have had a very weird season this year the, 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 where you have you look at their law, you look other than the Arizona loss, which you don't see them lose at home very often. Their other three losses make no sense. No. I, I, I know Arkansas is a different team in November, but Arkansas stinks right now. They lose at Georgia Tech, lose the pit at home. They've had some weird, weird losses. But the one counter to that is other than Arizona, when they have played better teams, they have been focused. They have looked the part. They beat Michigan State in the Champions Classic earlier in the year. They beat Baylor on a neutral earlier in the year. You get this game at home against a Clemson team that, look, we thought they were on their way to a five seed. They've been a little bit of a disappointment so far in conference play. They're three and four. They're they're obviously, by the numbers, expected to go to three and five on the year in conference play today. Uh, I would only look to lay the favorite. Uh, even though I don't love laying that many points in a conference game, especially against a competent basketball team. Well, we'll see two-way action on the desk again, yeah, but... <laughs> well, it's not an NFL game, so you're probably okay here uh, on, on that one. Um, let's... Uh, I do want to bring one game up that I didn't give Sean. Uh, I do like UC Davis 
Uh, today against UC San Diego, uh, it was two overnight. It's two and a half now. Still think it's fine there. Uh, good, just a good spot to go against the Tritons of UC San Diego. So uh, that's the only reason that one popped at all on my numbers. Uh, Iowa, Michigan's next. Michigan, one and a half point favorites at home. Totals one sixty three. Uh, again, Iowa it, you can't total opposite basketball program from the football program. Run yep. and gun. Play, beat you with your offense in hoops with Fran McCaffrey and company. Uh, Michigan is in last in the Big Ten. Uh, they have they beat Ohio State. They also beat this Iowa team in Iowa City earlier in the year in December. I yep. didn't play this game. But would you look at the potential revenge angle even with it being a road game here for Iowa? I think so. Taking the points or maybe that uh, small money line price. But I... I don't know. I didn't do anything here. It's tough. Michigan is, like you said, bottom of the Big Ten. Can't uh, take too much. Them being at home, getting that home court advantage. So I didn't do anything past for me. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> I, it, neither of those teams are particularly good. I agree. It's really what it comes down to. I'm really not to. that high on Iowa more, either. More than anything. All right, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech's up next. Uh, this was almost on the list for me with taking it with Georgia Tech. I just I, I don't think Virginia Tech should be this big of a favorite against basically anyone in that league other than Louisville. Uh, with that said, I just I really was hoping to get ten. I, I really was hoping to get ten with the Yellow Jackets on the road in Blacksburg. We'll see how the line plays through the day because it's a middle afternoon game here on the West Coast, uh, early evening in Blacksburg. But boy, it is. It, it really feels like if we can somehow get to 10, I don't think we're going to get there. It would be a take on the Jackets. I wouldn't mind that either. I do think Virginia Tech's about seven and a half, eight points better than Georgia Tech, but I don't trust them to lay that even at home. So 10 would be a good number for me as well with Georgia Tech. Let's go to the Palouse. Wazoo, a favorite now against Colorado. This is a flip from overnight, Colorado was a small favorite last night. They're now dogs in this one. <laughs> we had two-way action last night. I liked Wazoo as an underdog. Uh, minus 115 money line. I can, I can almost justify it, but I'm losing 20 cents off of what I could have had last night, so I don't really love that. You have to be loving this because you like Colorado when they were laying the price, and now you can get it almost – you're still laying a five cents, but you're you're still getting a dog price there. I love it. I think Colorado is by far the better team here. So even on the road, I would definitely be taking that point with the Buffaloes here. But I mean, they Colorado's good. I don't see why they are even an underdog here against Washington State. They are 24th offense efficiency on Kempom and 42nd defensively. So they've won four in a row. I mean, they had that bad stretch where they lost three in a row and two of them to not great teams, Arizona State and California, both of those on the road. So they've got to get it figured out, and they've got to um, prove they can win on the road. I like Colorado. Buff, small dog against Wazoo. Wazoo is, Wazoo's been much better at home so far this year. Uh, they beat Arizona up, in, uh, up there. Their only home loss so far in the year was that loss to Oregon back on January the 6th. They also smoked Utah earlier this week. Uh, talk about a team with home road splits. Yes. Utah, big time home road splits. Great in Salt Lake, not so much anywhere else uh, so far this year. Let's uh, let's look at Arizona. They're in Oregon. Uh, 
I, perplexing to say the very least what Arizona did on Thursday. 18 and a half point underdogs up eight in the second half. They make the frantic comeback in the last 90 seconds to tie the game. And then Pope with the shot that basically hit the ceiling uh, there at Gill Coliseum to win it for Oregon State. I think you had a little uh, in-game. Yeah, on not, that. Too, not too bad on that result for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, Oregon, Oregon now the opponent. Uh, Ducks really hammered Arizona State on Thursday in the second half. So uh, I, this just, I, I know, I know we're now laying a worse number than we were last yeah. night with Arizona, but this really does feel like a good bounce back, even in a difficult place to play on the road in Eugene for the, the Wildcats who have been, I, I just kind of the way they're built and the way they're coached are erratic. Yes. It's just the way that they're going to be this year where, you look at them the first month. They were the best team in the country by far to me the first month of the season. And then Vinny brought it up yesterday on the show. They were 8-0. Since then, they're 6-5. and They've been very erratic with losses to teams. Again, you lose to Purdue and Indianapolis, fine. You, even though it was basically a home game for them here in Vegas, you lose to FAU. FAU plays up the competition. All right, game you probably should win, but okay. But three conference losses are Stanford, Wazoo, and Oregon State. I, I know they're on the road, but come on. <laughs> you got to win those games if you're a legitimate national title contender. Uh, with that said, I think we're both even went the worst number on, on Arizona here today. Yes, so I did. I jumped in the overnight. I got the two minus two and a half here with Arizona, but I'm okay with it even at three and a half. I think they should be about an eight-point favorite Whoa. here. So I like Arizona in this spot. I don't love them. As a whole, you mentioned it very erratic, and I'm not jumping to take a future on them, even though they are a top four team in the country. Just don't know if we can trust them down the stretch, but great bounce back spot for them over the Ducks. Let's go to the Sun Belt next. Don't say that much in college hoops, but the two best teams in that league are playing each other today in Boone, North Carolina. James Madison on the road against Appalachian State. These two teams met already this year in Harrisonville, and Appalachian State went on the road and beat the Dukes in that game. Now, this is a little bit complicated here. My numbers came to Appalachian State three. They're one and a half and a dollar twenty-five on the money line. I'm gonna go with my numbers here and take the Mountaineers, lay the short money line price against James Madison. But it is banking in the back of my head here that this is a revenge spot for James Madison. I just don't know if they match up that well with this Appalachian State team. So I'm going to trust trust the numbers here and go with the Mountaineers at home, lay a short money line price in a game that the winner of this one is going to be the number one seed in the Sun Belt Tournament more likely than not. And sometimes teams just don't match up well against each other, and this could be the case for James Madison. So I'm with you. I made Appalachian State about two and a half. I didn't do anything here with that revenge factor, but I don't mind it. They're at home. They have the advantage there so not a bad play jeff these two teams both have amazing non-con wins i know michigan state isn't quite what we thought they would be but winning in east lansing obviously was a huge deal to begin the year for the dukes and appalachian state beat auburn yeah i know that that game was in boone for whatever reason and it was tucked away on an nfl sunday in december but that is an incredible win that appalachian state had earlier in the year uh against auburn uh all right let's uh let's keep it moving um I didn't give Sean this game, but I just want to touch on it real quick. Dayton and Richmond. Dayton right now is a projected three seed in some bracketologies, which I just think is way too high for this team. They're good, 
but it's just too high. This is an opportunity. I think I'd look to go against them. Richmond is playing well. They're at home. I think I would take three, maybe even a short money line price on the Spiders. So just throwing that out there uh, on that one. But tread carefully when going against Dayton and A-10 play so far this year. And I actually lean to the under, but I also would say that tread lightly with the Dayton is a very good offensive team. Mm -hmm. So I just think 132 is a little bit high for these two. Kentucky and Arkansas, there's college game day today, which was kind of stunning that, that, that it was there. I don't think there's been a bigger disappointment in the country more so than Arkansas so far this year. Loaded with talent. Musselman hates his team. It's fairly obvious watching him on the sidelines. Uh, they have been awful in SEC play. Really, they have been awful since they beat Duke. And even before that, they still were having their struggles. They had that home loss to UNC Greensboro. Their only game they won in, in Atlantis was against Stanford, who I don't think is any good. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma in that game in OKC. Their SEC play so far has been lose by 32 to Auburn at home, which, by the way, was on Arkansas that day. Not good. Uh, lose by 10 to Georgia. Lose by 22 to Florida. Lose by 13 at home to South Carolina. And they got walloped by Ole Miss earlier in the week. 26-point loss for Arkansas. Now Kentucky comes crawling in off of a loss to South Carolina earlier in the week. Kentucky's metrics, I don't think, match what I think they are as a team. But that's solely yeah. because their defensive metrics are bad. They, for Especially for a higher-end Power 5 team, they're 96th in the country in defense. Uh, with that said, I don't know. if I, I, This total is 162 for a reason. I think Kentucky can roll up 100 pretty easily in Fayetteville today. I'm not touching this, but I would be very, very, very cautious if I were looking at the underdog in the game with how bad Arkansas has been. So it is crazy. They were ranked 14th on Ken Palm to start the season. They are down to 100 there. Do you think there is a point where Arkansas can uh, flip the switch? I, they haven't shown me any evidence they can. I mean, they have enough talent, but I haven't seen the evidence. I think I, I like the seven points here with Arkansas. I don't know what the big difference is with six and a half, but I'm hoping that they can today here at home against this good Kentucky team. So um, I put, yeah, I took a little bit here. Small play on Arkansas plus the points. Sometimes you just got to have it. I mean, if you're Arkansas, if you want to keep your season afloat at all, you, you need to find a way. Uh, there's no better spot than to pull a big upset here uh, at home against Kentucky. That is a very difficult place to play there at Bud Walton, as always. Tennessee and Vandy up next. So this didn't make the list, but in retrospect, I think it should have for me. That's a lot of points. Uh, there's 14s in the market right now. This was actually 16 on the overnights. Uh, if you got those bloated numbers on Vanderbilt, I think it did pretty well here. Uh, this is just a sleepy spot for Tennessee more than anything. Now, I'm not saying Tennessee's going to go there and lose. Always a weird time in Memorial Gymnasium there. Uh, but this is uh, three straight wins. They haven't mm -hmm. played in a week. They beat Alabama last time out, and they really throttled the tide in that game. Uh, it's just a funky spot more than anything. I don't Even at the worst number, I would only lean to the underdog here. Uh, take some points with Vanderbilt. Again, Tennessee will win the game, but this could be closer than 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 comfort would like in this weird in-state rivalry in a, in a bizarre place to play there in Vandy. I agree. I just stayed away from this one because we know Tennessee is by far the better team, but beat Georgia, beat Florida, and then Alabama coming into this one. So, yeah, it was a stay away for me, but I would look to the dog. Minnesota and Penn State up next. Uh, two teams at near the bottom of the conference. 
Penn State three-point favorites against the Gophers at Bryce Jordan today. Total 150, Alex. I like Minnesota here. I took the points. I think they're about a three-and-a-half point better team than Penn State. Um, I know it's a little tough on the road, but Penn State is four points lower on my power ratings than any other Big Ten team. So they've struggled. We know they're not very good. I'm going to take my chances and take the points here with the Golden Gophers. Do you have anything on Air Force and Fresno? Is this a spot to go against Air Force after the bludgeoning of UNLV this a week? Lean, a lean to Fresno, definitely, yeah. but I didn't I didn't play it. Fresno's four uh, right now in that one. Uh, just, that might be a good spot against Air Force after what they did to UNLV. And I think probably a good spot for the Rebels. Yeah, we'll get to them later. Yes. Uh, they're, they're against San Jose State later in the day. Uh, DePaul and Creighton. Ah, yes. 24. The line for this one. Creighton favorite at home in Omaha. 144 and a half. All right, Alex, do you have the stomach to take 24 with the ball on the road here? I do not. Not at all. Do you? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> uh, you know, so you did get the, you did get to one. You did get the post coach firing bump in the first game. You did get it. Yep. They did cover against Marquette. Now they're getting a lot of points at home, but they did cover. Now <laughs> we'll say DePaul is terrible. By every metric, DePaul is awful. They're 280th in Ken Palm. Their only wins this year against South Dakota, 309. Louisville, arguably the only power five plus one that is worse than DePaul. And Chicago State. They're the only three teams they've beaten this year. In Big East play, the, other than the loss at Georgetown, who's the only team that's somewhat in, that, in their level in the, in, in the Big East, their closest loss came on Wednesday, 13, against Marquette. Now they go to Creighton, where, by the way, Ken Palm gives DePaul 2% chance of winning this game. <laughs> 18 to 1 on the money line behind us, if you have any interest of burning money. Um, I am still waiting for Creighton to take off. Now, maybe that win against Seton Hall was the pure turning point, where you win a triple overtime coin flip on the road against a good team. You come home, you handle your business against the Xavier team that I think the metrics likes a little bit more than they should. Um, you just, I, I mean, it's not even a look-ahead spot. It's not even like UConn or, or, or Marquette is up next on the schedule. And Butler at home on Friday. Like, that's not a look-ahead spot at all. This would not shock me at all. Creighton wins this game by 35. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I agree. I've kind of been down on Creighton, but I, I think they definitely have the potential to uh, flip that switch and be very, very good in this. Let's go to the Big 12. These former AAC teams doing battle with Cincinnati, welcoming Central Florida. So this was too many points for me. This one popped right away on Central Florida. Now, you look at the, like, just looking at the Knights real quick before we look on the Cincinnati side of things. If you told me going into conference play, the UCF would be three and three through six games. I was like, wow, something, they're, Significantly better than I would have thought. Now, they won two games they weren't supposed to. They beat Kansas in their in their opener. They won on the road and beat UT in Austin. Uh, and then they beat West Virginia to handle their business earlier in the week against a team that they are better than. Uh, seven and a half is steep uh, in, in this one. I know it's probably not the greatest of spots. Uh, again, the road win at Texas, other than that, all right, they got blasted by Houston, lost by 15 in a game that had 99 points. All right, whatever. Houston's defense is great. We know this. 
uh, and they be and they got crushed at Kansas State. But this is too many points for a Cincinnati team that we talk about home road splits in the Big Twelve haven't really been home road difference for Cincinnati. They pretty much have been the same team either at Fifth Third Bank Arena or elsewhere so far in conference play. They had the win at BYU. They beat TCU in overtime. Their losses, what three one-possession games. Oklahoma, they lost by four technically, but that was a one-possession game most of the way. And they had a pretty gritty cover on Monday at Kansas. Uh, but this is too many points. I, I like Central Florida. This feels like a, a one. It could be another one-possession win for Cincinnati. I, I didn't do anything here. It just worries me because both teams are very good defensively, especially yep. Cincinnati, 17th in defense efficiency. But then UCF really offense, 200 on Ken Palm in offense efficiency. So that makes me a little nervous on how they can keep this as close as you're thinking it will be, Jeff. But stay away from me. Let's go next to Arizona State and Oregon State. Beavers, of course, coming off the giant upset. I, this feels like a good spot. I know Arizona State is not trustworthy one bit, but I would have no qualms if you wanted to lay the short two and a half on the road at Gill. After coming off that humongous upset for Oregon State, classic letdown spot. Absolutely. That's what I did here. I did lay the two with Arizona State. And I, I think Oregon State is a very good team, but Arizona State's also coming off a loss at Oregon so I think they'll be up and ready for this one. Alabama's 13-point favorites at home against LSU today in what is usually the big-time football bowl uh, on hardwood here. 161-and-a-half. Uh, it was close on, on taking with LSU here, but I just couldn't quite get there, Alex. Again, tough spot for Bama coming off the emotional win earlier in the week against Auburn. Agreed. And I also looked at the over, but I mean, those 160s have been really tough to get to lately. So I stayed away from that as well, even though both teams are very good offensively. And we know Alabama 22 second, I mean, 22nd quickest pace. So look to the over, but I think 161 and a half is a little high, don't you? It's a big number. Again, Alabama totals are so dependent on how they shoot. And they're more reliant on three than the three ball than anyone in basically the entire country. Uh, Northwestern and Ohio State, a late tip in Evanston tonight. I, I this is two and a half, three overnight. I, I'm a little bit surprised it came that short. I, I know this is again, yeah, emotional win. Not a great spot for Northwestern. I just don't think the Buckeyes are any good, and I think the Northwestern is better than the metrics have shown. I think their metrics really got screwed up by that loss to Chicago State. So I think Northwestern's a legitimate NCAA tournament team. I don't think the Buckeyes are. I thought this was good to five, which is obviously a big leap. I, even not getting a good number, I have no problem laying three and a half with Northwestern. Yeah, I didn't do anything here either. I do think it is a little a little short. I think Northwestern is a very good team. So I wanted to see the, how this one played out with them hosting Ohio State at home and see if we kind of, uh, if they're reevalued and... Um, what we get next game for Northwestern. Ole Miss and A&M. A&M, eight-point favorites. I wish I trusted Ole Miss more because this feels like a lot of points, Alex. It is. It is a lot of points here. But I do like Texas A&M. I, they're about five points better than Ole Miss in the SEC. So I'm gonna, now that it's at eight, though, that's, that's just a lot of points. Washington hosting Utah. Late night, Seattle. One-point road favorites the Utes are. Talked about it before. 
home road splits. Utah's been great at home. They've not been so good on the road. Again, it's just a matter of can the Huskies be the team that you trust here to take a short money line price or the point, Alex? It is tough, but I did take the point here with Washington. Utah just three and six against the spread on the road and three and six against the spread in conference this year. So you mentioned it. I mean, it's a big home away split. So I'm going with the dog at home here. UNLV San Jose State, you like the Rebels tonight laying three and a half. I love the Rebels. Um, four and one ATS in their last five, four and two in conference. They are coming off. Uh, they've had some pretty bad losses. But That's a disgusting this one is earlier in the week. Arguably the worst loss of the year to Air Force. And now they get San Jose State. So they're pretty lucky to get the, arguably the second worst team in the conference, if not the worst team in the conference. So I think we see a big performance from UNLV here, especially um, with all the rumors that. Cougar will now be on the hot seat. I think this team really likes him and will will play up to their talent in this one. Want to hit Gonzaga and Pacific. I know it's a 25-point line. Pacific scored 29 points earlier this week in a whole game against St. Mary's. This is a <laughs> lot of points to be getting with, a, with, with again, Pacific is, is really, really bad. If you look at the metrics on Pacific this year, they are 347th in Ken Bob, which you normally don't see WCC teams down that low. Again, tw- excuse me, I actually gave them too many points. They had 28 points right. against St. Mary's <laughs> on Thursday. I, man, I just... Sure, could Gonzaga beat them by 40? Yes, absolutely. But this just feels like an outrageous amount of points to be playing on the road against anyone, especially a team coming off just getting embarrassed like they were early in the week. Very true. And we know Gonzaga has not been the same, though. They have won three in a row. Maybe they're starting to figure things out and they will keep rolling and uh, put it to Pacific in this one. But I had no interest in lane or taking. Gonzaga did win by 42 on the road last weekend against San Diego. So yes. more, more than in play that the Zags could just roll it up on a really, a truly awful team in Pacific. 347th. There's only 362 in college hoops. Should we go play? You have any uh, eligibility left? We no, can come you off the you bench. Don't, you don't want, well, Sean's, Sean's the only athletic one in here, uh, <laughs> at least uh, from a, well, from a basketball height perspective, I should say. I'm pretty tall, too. I'm not, like five you're eight. Not, you're not Sean. You're not Sean tall though. I know. No one's Sean tall. Sean. Sean. Uh, Sean is uh, so, six Sean, foot six. Sean, get out there. You got some uh, some years left, right? You can do it. Yeah. You can do it. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. We get back. His laptop's ready. Even has Ralph's uh, on off button in front of him today. Vinny Maliula joins us in studio next, giving us the update on the big games in college hoops, and of course the two NFL games tomorrow. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. 
We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Mega Bucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part, Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Makara, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back in Sports by the Book is the show. I'm Jeff Piles, Alex White alongside. Shout out to Andrew and Sean, making sure we're on the air over in the corner here today. And now with us, his laptop's in front of him. It's our guy, Vinny Maliula. Yep. How's everybody? <clears throat> My mic on here? Did I, I don't, I can't you push any buttons. I don't think you muted yourself now. Okay, yeah. good. Good morning. How's everybody? Wait, Vinny's an yeah. athlete too. That's right, Former Alex. Former basketball player. We That's right. Out there. I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think I have too much eligibility left though. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, uh, boy. I did. I played played uh, softball and basketball with Alex's dad. Yeah, we 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 have to. We, we're going to have to do a South Point Studio softball team, aren't we? Yes. Oh, you want to come out of retirement for that? Yeah, I'll. Uh, you manage the team at least. Yeah. I need a pinch, pinch, pinch everything. <laughs> <laughs> manage the team. That's great. Yeah, manage. You could be the manager. Yeah. What happens though is when somebody gets stuck in traffic, the, you it, you become the player coach automatically. <laughs> <laughs> that that never fails. Oh man! So, but uh, we had we had a lot of uh, a lot of fun. I'll tell you a quick story. One time, Please. one time we were playing, and we played. Uh, so the team was obviously comprised of of the industry, as Alex knows. So we, you know, people called us the battle and bookies. Well, one time we were playing a team that was in first place. They happened to be a team of Metropolitan Police Department officers so this was very early cell phone days but everybody had a beeper we were all on call constantly so we go up against this team and we're we're beating them pretty good and they're not they're not happy about it i mean we knew that as soon as the game ended that you know we would be we would be getting written up we would have tickets just for you know uh, you know we'd be getting up uh, for you know Broken taillights, who got God knows what, but uh, but we were enjoying it pretty good. And all of a sudden, they stopped the game, and they came over to us because we kept getting you know beeps, and you know we were having you know we were on call, we're taking we're taking action. Who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> they thought we were an illegal bookmaking operation. <laughs> Clearly, they did not follow the industry closely enough to realize that we we had a. <laughs> The only softball game I had to, had to produce my my, uh, my what we call them sheriff's cards, our work cards, uh, to continue the games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. We swept them. We swept them. We swept them. That's right. Oh, no man. tickets, hopefully. 
Oh, they were. Well, we just stayed. We just stayed okay. to make sure that we uh, we had the post game wrap up, Alex. Uh, rather than at the tap house, uh, we had it in the uh, had it in right in field the, in the parking lot. Had it in right field and just day. stayed there uh, until we were the last cars uh, in in the uh, in the parking lot. <laughs> Got to think ahead, you know. Yes. On a college basketball day. Yes. You know, to, uh, There's a couple of games today. Yeah, one fifty four to be exact. <laughs> Just said, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the show with when Chris was in with us, Vin, yeah. But just to, just to dig like this, when you just have so many games, just mm-hmm. how do you guys just like even like with with everything out there, just not like miss a line or miss something like like that uh, with just all these games that are out there? Today? Well, it's 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 a great question. Um, first of all, you, you dedicate a member or two of the staff today. A couple of folks dedicated to college baskets when you have that many games, right? Um, you know, to your point, Jeff, part of that monitoring is not just the wagers coming in, but how numbers are moving in the industry. And, and you know, whether it's in Nevada, uh, in, uh, in, uh, uh, down in the, uh, the Caribbean, overseas, wherever, you know, I mean, it's, um, the, and, and again, the, the, the power six conferences, and again, we've, we, we consider the big East a power conference in, in basketball. So it's, it's about the power six. Although, although next year we'll go back to a power five uh, without the pac 12, but um, the, the key, the, the biggest games though, to watch, believe it or not, are the smaller conferences. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know that you and Alex touched on some of the, uh, uh, some of the smaller conference games and things like that. You must be uh, very cognizant of what's happening with those games You've got to really uh, spend overnight looking at at injuries, rosters, and things like that, and uh, the status of players. Um, There's no real secrets with the big schools uh, right now. You pointed out a a good point in the previous segment, segment, both of you, about home and away splits. Um, You look at emotion, frankly. I mean, you look at... uh, uh, Oregon, Oregon State today after uh, you know uh, uh, the the big win the other night as double digit dogs at home and and they hit a three uh, to uh, near just just right before the buzzer to to beat Arizona. Uh, you know how are they emotionally today against Arizona State, right? And uh, how do they respond to that? Um, but the smaller conferences, right? I mean, you 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 look at uh, you know uh, Georgia Southern and Old Dominion, right? I mean that that's where professionals. Uh, really, uh, that's their bread and butter. That's their wheelhouse, and uh, you you you've got to you know you move accordingly. Uh, you, you know the public will be involved with the big big games today, the big schools today. Uh, when you start getting into the smaller conferences, that is certainly uh, money to to pay very close attention to, and line movement has to become uh, much quicker, and probably in in. Um, uh, bigger jumps too, you know, probably more more full points. Sometimes, if it's a double digit, you might have to go a uh, 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 point and a half. Our staff is getting a uh, pretty good around here because I heard I watched your show the other day, and Ryan pulled out a game from the extra games. Sure, he liked one, and then Sean today was asking me what I thought about the St. Thomas game and uh, the Tommies. Yeah, so I, I think everybody's kind of learning. And, yeah, you uh, look at these. Uh, you know, you look at uh, you know, uh, you know, Wagner in Central Connecticut, and you know, I'm, I'm going to ah, tell you yes, right there now. You go back to your neck of the woods. That's right. But you you look at that game and you say, okay, it, it, you know, the, when that game gets played, I can tell you this: it's not. You know, maybe it's 
somebody's aunt who re relocated out here from uh you know from uh, uh, from staten island but uh <laughs> in all likelihood it's uh uh, more like uh, Alex White, uh, or or better yet, her her father and uh, grandfather that are that are, are making that play on that game, whether it's you know taking or laying the seven, and uh, that's certainly something uh, to 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 pay a particular note to, for sure. Totals getting hit in that game and other. Shows. Yeah, that's the other part. Totals. Total. Total, total just dipped from one twenty eight to one twenty five and a half. Well, they, that's what I'm talking seconds, about. So. You know, I mean, <laughs> so you're you're you know you're talking about very you know big. You're not going to go from one twenty eight to one twenty seven and a half to one twenty seven. You know, you're going to move it at least a point, maybe a point and a half, and it and that's probably two plays right there uh, on the total if it's moved uh, two and a half points. Let's go to tomorrow. Again, a lot of these games will link up with those games tomorrow, Vinny. Yes. Uh, right now, still sitting at four on Baltimore and still sitting at seven and a half on San Francisco. Well, what's interesting, uh, when you say still sitting, let's uh, – Baltimore, they're start, we're starting to see some four and a halves out there, if, uh, if, you, if you notice. And um, so uh, wouldn't, wouldn't, shock, uh, wouldn't shock me if it does. And I was just with uh, Chris Andrews. Chris and I were looking at the uh, – you know the trends and and how things are being bet, and now we're starting to really see the action pick up. Right, yesterday uh, at this time, you know, we were still probably uh, ninety percent of the handle away, if you will. You know, now uh, starting last night with the arrival of folks for the weekend and the weekend being here, uh, now it's going to accelerate, and and people will be playing the games and tying the two games tomorrow into today's NBA, NHL, and especially the college slate that's out there. Um, so, uh, but right now here at South Point, four and forty-four uh, and a half uh, on the Ravens. Uh, the uh, the money line's up to two fifteen. Now, even though there was some, there's some money on the Chiefs on the money line. Uh, this being a shorter price, don't forget this this money line opened a dollar sixty-five. So there's been some pretty good two-way overall on the uh, on the money line in this game. As far as the other game goes, remember we were in yesterday and we were sitting at uh, seven and a half. And remember, there was Jimmy Vaccaro was sitting, uh, was outside the studio talking to a couple of gentlemen, right? And when we got out, uh, the the gentlemen that he was talking to were customers of ours twenty five years ago. Okay. And they recognized us. They saw the poster, actually. I'm sorry, the show card, Ann. Uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, and so wow, you know, Jimmy's here. So he knew Jimmy from Mirage. Uh, remembered Chris was up at uh, Calneva at the time. I was at Caesars, and uh, said, "Listen, you know, would you guys take a hundred thousand on uh, on these games?" And you know, Chris said, "Sure, yeah, yeah." So we didn't say who he was going to bet. So we were at seven and a half. They leave. He says, "I'll be back in a little while." <clears throat> Not too long after that, we were at seven and a half, and somebody came up and bet. 20,000, took the seven and a half. Chris didn't move it. Um, came back again, bet another. So for a total of uh, 44 to win 40, plus the seven and a half, Chris went back to seven. A little while later, the guy who was standing outside the studio came in, and that's who he wanted. He bet, he laid the seven. He, he probably, wanted the seven. With you that. saw the, uh, uh, you probably saw the ticket. I think Jimmy tweeted the ticket out, uh, 110 to win uh, 100,000 uh, laying the seven with the Niners. And that's how uh, South Point got back to seven and a half and the total uh, 52. So, again, <clears throat> now the weekend's here and we're going to start seeing, you know, more of those uh, four, five, and six figure wagers for sure. Let me ask a quick yeah. question because mm -hmm. when Jeff was talking <clears throat> about the Chiefs and the Ravens game, there's one book that is still at three and a half. 
So does that just mean that book has more money on the Chiefs? They're kind of letting that yeah. hang out there to try and get more money on the Ravens. Yeah, you know, Alex, that's a good question. I don't know if they're three and a half flat or or, or what, but um, uh, based I mean, off the looks of this, yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if that's the case, I mean, you know, that's obviously a question for them. But um, maybe they've got a, a a huge position on. Uh, maybe the Chiefs uh, on their future book or, or something. Or, you know, some books, will you take a position? You know, what I mean by that? Will you gamble a little bit? Yeah, sometimes you do. But, you know, the other thing is you don't want to get too carried away. I mean, you do have the uh, the juice working for you as uh, as the house. So, um, but that just at a, at a quick glance, yeah. um, it's probably a case where maybe they took a significant bet at plus four. Um, because I'm, I'm I'm assuming at some point they were they were at four, and or uh, the uh, the fact that they may have some uh, some exposure uh, with the Chiefs on uh, on their future book perhaps. Very interesting. That's yeah. what makes sports betting so fun, right? Yeah. You can shop around and depending on which side you want, and get the best number. Absolutely. If you if you like the Ravens, then uh, you're certainly uh, going to look uh, to, to bet them there. And I, I again, Chris and I, Jimmy, we, we always say shop around. You know, you're, we're going to do the business. And um, shopping actually creates business because when somebody shops here, given the betting menu, whether it's a prop, whether it's the game itself, or all the other activity that we're talking about in terms of the college basketball schedule alone today, uh, there's probably going to be something that uh, somebody finds and uh, they like and they'll play. Hey, look, with 154 college games, I would imagine there will be at least a game or two people like. I'm thinking uh, the the uh, the price of yes, you will make a play is definitely a good favorite. Uh, I, I, I think uh, I think it, you'd be laying you lay up to uh, thirty five dollars and you still come home <laughs> That's right. uh, with value on the yes uh, for that one. You know, it's it's down to three three and a three football games period. Yeah, at this point, three good ones too, and uh, uh, three. You would hope at least. Well, I well, I t <laughs> when I say that, I mean, look, we hope for good games, uh, particularly for the end game, right? But three good games to book. You know, you've got uh, three traditional public teams uh, with uh, uh, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Niners, and a, and a and a public team over the last couple of years in the Lions, which are also a little bit of a Cinderella story too, right? One of the few teams that have not yet even gone to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, the fact of the matter is that uh, it, it's a great mix, and um, uh, the fact that the Super Bowl is going to be here in two weeks is only going to add to uh, to the handle. So we're looking forward to it. We're all looking forward to it, for sure. Vinny, pleasure as always. Good to be with both of we'll you. let you go back to work. Yes. Our day is done now, Alex. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 830. Uh, Matt Hamilton will join us at 9. Vinny will join us in the second hour as well. Mm -hmm. Getting those games later tomorrow, uh, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific for the first one. And then that good old beloved 340 Pacific kick time in San Francisco. Uh, well, we want to. You like the 40s there, Vinny? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, and, and the fact is, uh, by the way, once once that game ends, you know, barring anything, you know, major like a, a, a significant injury or something like that, um, we'll have the, uh, we'll put the uh, Super Bowl number out. And uh, it'll it'll be up right after that uh, that second game, and folks, as they cash tickets, will uh, start betting on the Super Bowl right then and there. Absolutely, Vinny, pleasure as always. Good to be with both of you, Alex. Good work as always. We're back tomorrow, eight thirty, getting you ready for the NFL games. Of course, back to oh, Chris just texted us, back to seven. There you go. As it happens, as it is.
Real As time. It happens. Back Real to time. Seven on the Niners uh, here at the South Point. Uh, you're back with the rest of the market, but the only flat seven in the market. Only flat seven, and yeah. uh, it wouldn't shock me if that individual is the same individual as took the, the seven the and a half yesterday. Night, coming yeah. back again for more? Yeah, well, listen, what's the difference between, you know, 40 and 80? <laughs> and 120 and 160? Yeah, so, yeah. Down the line, Why not? for sure. We'll see you again tomorrow. Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio.